Hello, you are listening to another episode of the Mac and Jack Photography Podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm Mac. And we're going to be talking all things film photography. So, Mac, what have you been getting up to this week? Oh, man. So, what have I been up to? A lot. I think in the past probably eight days, I've been to San Diego. So, I live in Phoenix. So, San Diego. Drove to San Diego. It's like a six-hour drive. But it's a beautiful drive through the desert. And on the way there, we had to go through high elevation. Not too high. I mean, we were... Five, over 5,000 feet. It's, it was snowing, though. Uh, and when we hit that path, it was raining. Then it started snowing. So it was beautiful photos all along the way. We ended up staying in a high-rise in downtown San Diego. So hung out in San Diego for a few days. Went up to La Jolla. You know, so shot around there a bunch. Vlogged for YouTube and TikTok. Got a bunch of content there. Came back. And where I live, I live in North Phoenix. So I'm really close to all of, like, uh, the high country, I guess they would call it, right before the mountains. And Sedona, specifically, is only an hour and a half from my house. So on Friday, uh, I look at my chick, and I was like, hey, you want to go to Sedona for lunch? And she was like, let's do it. So we freaking just, I was I was working, I worked remote. I, I had worked early that morning because I have uh, some co-workers in South Africa, so I'm up super early with, the, with my South African team. And we um, drove to Sedona. Listen to this, Jack. This is the worst ever. I thought I had a roll of film in my camera. And guess what? Oh, I shot, no. I shot Sedona. And we went to Sunset Point. It's this really famous rest stop along the way. It's like this beautiful mountain range. And it's just a great spot to be. And uh, after I shot the first roll and went to rewind it, I was like, that thing's dead. And of course it was. So I was able to slam another roll in and uh, just did a quick shoot with my girl at Sunset Point. And then the next day, we I made sure the camera was loaded. The next day, I went to a place called Gila Bend. So Gila Bend is an hour and a half southwest of Phoenix, uh, past or on the way to Yuma, Arizona. It's near the Mexican border. So it is a crap hole town, but it's really <laughs> it's really it's really eclectic. It. And we rode by there on the way to San Diego, and we were both like, we have to come back here and vlog this and uh, for TikTok and YouTube. And well, so, dude, we went to this one-road town, desert town, and shot the crap out of film there because the architecture was amazing. There's this old water tower. The people were really, really mm, eccentric. So tons wow. of photography, dude, all shooting 35-millimeter. But I've got, like... What, all this film to develop? I don't even know if you can see that on the camera. I know the people listening can't, but I don't know. I've got like 15 rolls to develop. Man, that's always the problem is the, the developing, you know? I mean, I have to ask, when you were in Gila Bend, did you stop by the Space Age restaurant? Dude, uh, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm so glad that you researched. Yeah, so, you know, in Arizona, they're crazy about aliens, like Area 51. I think that's New Mexico. But New Mexico, Arizona, it's like yeah, UFO it's country. And yeah, so there's a hotel that has a UFO on top of it, one of the flying saucer. And, and then there's a lot of like UFO themed stuff there as well. And like I said, it's a super old southwestern town near the Mexican border. So the architecture is just so cool. It's uh, I, I don't know how much longer I'll live in Arizona. So I'm trying to hit all these small towns and do all that crazy stuff like lunch in Sedona. Um, because that, that's the common misconception a lot of people have. They're like, hey, man, how do you get all that content that you're posting on Instagram? Look, everybody can get that content. Wherever mm -hmm. you live, if, you, if you're willing to ride a few hours max in one direction, I guarantee you there's a small town that has some interesting stuff in it. Like, I travel a lot, and rarely do I travel a fly anymore, obviously, for obvious reasons. So I try to do it as safe as possible. And, dude, you just jump in the car. There's so many great destinations around. So that, that's, that's been my week, man. Uh, like five out of eight days I've been just traveling. What about you? What have you been up to? You shooting some film? Well, that's blowing me out of the water a little bit. Uh, yeah, on, I mean, on my side, I've finally done some test shots with the uh, Crown Graphic. Uh, so I've uh, just been dialing that in. I've got some oh, – I can't remember the, the make. It's that – freestyle make film the cheap student stuff the uh oh, what's it endura or something no that's yeah. that's kodak um what i've been running the cheapest cheap film available in black and white i've got and i've been putting that through as arista arista edu that's where i got yeah. the e from so go. i've been i've been putting a couple of sheets of that through just to test how that 
lens is working. It's it's a bit hazy, but it's okay. Um, but I've yeah I've actually scanned some stuff um, on the new scanner I picked up, um, and I've I got what is it the 20th century camera four by five reel, which yeah. is so much better than the mod four four five. I I used that one in university and it was fine, but often the things would pop off. This thing is so simple. It's just like a regular kind of reel. You just pop that sucker on, it stays there. It won't move. It's got a clip on it. Uh, so th <laughs> that was probably the most exciting thing that happened this week was finally getting some film developed for the first time in mm, probably a year. Oh, wow. Dude. Yeah, so that, that felt really, really, really good. Uh, so I got my whole like chemistry set up and... That's nice. I must admit, my scanner sucks. It's really bad. Which, which one is it? What do you have? That is a great question. Um, I have no idea. It's an Epson flatbed from probably 2002 or 2001. There you it's go. one of the really early flatbed film scanners. Uh, I, I only bought it because it was local and it has the light for large formats. You don't have to like do the thing people do on what's it like V600s where they scan half the frame and stitch it. That would drive me nuts. I think I would, would be ridiculous. To, yeah, I think I'd want to die. <laughs> like, everyone says it's a ball lake, so yeah. I was like, mm. but you know, I'll get used to it. It's been so long since I've had to use ViewScan. Um, uh, I I really like ViewScan. Uh, oh, same. Other tools like Silverfast and stuff like that. Um, man, I'm I'm jealous of four five and like I keep wanting to experiment with other formats. I'll tell you what, dude, like. My Leica, it's just like I like. Yeah, that's a massive camera, dude. It's big. Yeah, it's. I just I like thirty thirty six shots, and I like being able to rapid fire off shots. You're definitely not doing with that with that guy right there on your desk. Oh no, you can't. It's it's a whole process. Um, there were plenty of times when I was shooting a lot of this in uh, university. Uh, we had we had access to like a lot of equipment we could rent. The popular things were the Mirazi six sevens and uh, Pentax six sevens. Everyone wanted to do medium format, um, but nobody cared about large format, which meant right. I always had access because I was the only person booking this Toyo out. Yeah. And yeah, the whole thing of open the lens, focus, compose, make sure it's fine. Remember to close the lens. Right. There's plenty of times I hadn't done that and you don't, you don't know. Yikes. Um, so yeah, you, you then put, this, put the dark side in, pull it out, wait, hope that you've closed the lens so the shutter actually clicks. Because that's the worst. You're like, I've just exposed this for like 20 seconds. That's ruined. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. There's something about it that's very, very calming. Um, I hate, I hate the term in some ways. Like film slows you down, but with large format, you, you have to slow down. No, that, You've only that got le two it shots. legit slows you down. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can burn a roll of 36 exposures on a 35 really fast. So it does, and especially with a rangefinder, it doesn't slow me down. But I, what's cool about photography and specifically film photography is all those formats that are accessible to be mm. bought and uh like while i'm not into four or five now what's cool is i know there's going to be a time that i'm for, i'm going to go into large for format sure. yeah yeah uh so what were your subjects when you were out shooting honestly it was just my house yeah <laughs> yeah you're just testing everything out get exactly yeah i'm looking forward to doing some portrait work with this once um, more folks are vaccinated and feel comfortable um i've had a lot of fun in the past doing portraits with four by five. So that is, that's pretty much the reason I bought it. Um, but that there might be some like more architectural stuff I'm doing locally just whilst things are still like a bit limiting, uh, mainly just to document what's happening around here. But I'm, I'm excited to be using this more and weirdly to be using my RB six, seven more, which, yeah. Incidentally, weighs the same as a crown graphic, which really annoys me. But there we right. go. Yeah, yeah. It's a little faster, but yeah, it's definitely the same weight. It's like uh, on my San Diego trip, I I took my Pentax six seven, and uh, all I ended up doing was just uh, doing a little mini portrait shoot with Danny in the room, and I wasn't gonna take that thing on the street, man. This is eleven billion pounds, 10, 10 exposures, so like every twenty minutes, I'm going to be changing roles, you know, because I like to shoot a lot. I know some people are like, you know, be purposeful, but like if I see a composition, I'm gonna ca capture it, you know. Mm -hmm. You're there, you might as well, 
and I've already bought the film, so it's not an additional charge. Just fire it off. But sheet film, how expensive is that? That's got to be hefty. It is wildly varied. Like if you're buying either the Arista stuff or in Europe, Fomapan, they're more or less the same thing. They're about, I want to say 50 cents a shot, give or take. If you're buying like Ilford, uh, anything from them, you're looking at maybe like a dollar, two dollars per shot. And when it comes to color, that gets a little bit more pricey just for the film alone. I think right. a pack, like a box of 10, at least when I last purchased it, it was about $50, $50 for, a belt, for a box. Um, but this was, two, this, was, this was two years ago, so things may have changed since then. Yeah. And God forbid you get into uh, transparency. That's really expensive. <laughs> yeah, that can be ridiculous. The, um, but you're definitely intentioned with your shots shooting five bucks of pop oh for sure you don't screw up as much because it's because yeah. it's an it's not just a, a cost thing it's just annoying because you, you know that one of the shots is botched because you didn't do it well you don't want to deal with developing it and looking no. at it and thinking oh that was the one that's that's not very good no. so it gives you a lot of respect for folks back in the day who this was their process was just doing a whole bunch of this because ouch that would have been expensive. That like, would have been terrible. Very fast, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great you were out shooting, man. I'm excited to see what you do with that. Shoot some uh, portraits. What is the aperture on that lens? I think 4.7. Which so, translates to what, like 2.8 or... In terms of depth of field, I have no clue. Um, it's shallow. I can, I can tell you that much. If you have it wide open, that'll get a whole bunch of separation between subject and background uh, i think that focal length is pretty good for kind of full body um sort of uh, like mid mid range like torso upwards uh kind of shots you can yeah. do close-ups with it and it doesn't distort too much but a portrait lens would be better suited i've got pictures from um like a few years ago uh that i did in uni of like some yeah more portrait based stuff of full like full length and a 135 more or less wide open gives that really nice kind of separation it just looks right which sounds really <laughs> like kind of nothingy but people who shot with those kind of lenses know what i mean it just it, it feels correct right that uh yeah that's one of the things i'm really envious about is the lenses that separation is just ridiculous Mm -hmm. so insane i mean it, it's amazing with my pentax 67 i can only imagine four four by five or even eight by ten that's ridiculous mm -hmm. absolutely and it's like when you come across those insane i forget it's, it's a kodak lens the like aero chrome something like yep. the f2.5 yeah oh god you you better hope your subject's not breathing because <laughs> like, yeah. that thing will be knocked completely out like just, just straight off the bat yeah, those Sandy. lenses are nice. There's a photographer, Sandy Femster. I don't know how you pronounce his name. He's a Canadian. He shoots large format. And uh, I think he shoots a projector lens, maybe. And he, man, his work is so good. It's so ethereal, you know? And this P-H-I-M-S-T-E-R. Yeah, I'm just seeing his stuff now. That's yeah. definitely, yeah, That that's the kind of glowy sort of vibe. I wouldn't put it past him if he shot ten by eight. Oh, sorry, eight by ten. I I, I don't know what the American term yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. One, one or the other. Yeah, yeah. Eight, eight by ten. Yeah, he um he's doing it right, man. He uh he's a great film photographer, and I appreciate that he shoots giant format, as I call it, <laughs> and uh, his portraits. It's just so so great. Uh, so what else? Just shooting the the four by five. More or less, yeah. We did a couple of snapshots on the digital camera of the house because uh, we might be listening on Airbnb at some point in the future. Um, but that's the only other kind of photography-related thing that's been happening up here in Sonoma, California. Up in here? Up in here. That's right. <laughs> you said that very American. You're like, up in here? Uh, yeah. More, more, I like I'm becoming acclimatized, guys. It's been, it's been a year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been I'm, just, I'm just over. I'm sorry. Uh, that's all. Yeah, 
Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> do your friends across the pond, do they worry about you? They're like, man, you're in America. That place is absolutely wild. No, just my wife. <laughs> just your wife. Very upset if it's like, um, no, please don't lose your accent or the way you say things. Because I, I, I have become kind of acclimatized to things. And I will pronounce words in ways that I never did before. And the right. worst bit is I hear it. And it yeah. sounds wrong. Like, I caught myself this week saying data. And I wanted to die. I was <laughs> so upset. At I, say data. I say data. Yeah, a lot Good. of people here say data. Yeah, that's it's, that's the word. Yeah, it's weird when I hear data. It's really condescending, you know. It's just the way that data. It's like, uh, well, I'm a southerner, so I say pecan, which is like that people hate the way that's pronounced when I say <laughs> it like that. But they say pecan. That's another word. It's like pecan. tomato, pecan. Uh, yeah, data. <laughs> it's like, come on, man, it's data. It's just a database. It's not a dot database. The thing that I'm still really annoyed about just fundamentally is I have a very specific vocabulary of words that is British English. People have a very specific vocabulary of American English. Neither are incorrect or correct. Right. But I will ask a question and I'll use the British term and someone looks at me like I'm a complete moron. I'm like, no, that's, that's just what we call it. I have no clue what you're calling right. this thing. The regional dialects, and they just make it interesting when you speak to people. You're like, okay. Cool. Yeah, like um, braces and suspenders. So right. I wear braces. That's how I'd say that, but they're not on my face. They keep my trousers up. Whereas here you'd say suspenders, whereas in the UK, suspenders are a little risque. That's more yeah. of a stocking thing. Yeah, if you said braces, I'm for sure thinking your teeth. Exactly. I respect that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it still confuses me when I say it. I think, ah, oh, no, I didn't mean that. Definitely yeah. didn't mean that. <laughs> And you guys say boot and not trunk. Uh, yeah, you know what? Every single time I pick stuff up off Facebook Marketplace, I'll say I'll put it in the boot. <laughs> they're like, yeah. Every time. And they're like, ah, so quaint. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's freaking English. <laughs> I'm not trying. Yeah. Uh. Man. Um, dude, I, I have. So I've been shooting Leica for like a solid year now. Um, I bought my Leica M4P. Leica. I bought, no, I bought my Leica M4P back in November of 2019. What year is it? Yeah. And um, what year is it? Too, yeah. right? I, bought, I, saw, I bought my Leica M6 in March of 2020. It needs a CLA. I haven't sent it off. I bought a pair of Leica M5s and the one I shoot all the time. Now it needs a, freak, a freaking CLA. So. It's so weird how fast they need CLAs. Yeah, like, I, I've I've heard this. Like the screw mount one I have, I know needs it needs a lot more uh, TLC than I expected. And a lot of like a fanatics I've heard say that they're like fine watches in the way that they do need calibrating. Otherwise, they just kind of stop. Yeah. But when they're working, they sing. And dude, I don't want to shoot anything but one. Yeah, it's just I really love rangefinder focusing, and I freaking hate that I'm saying that because I talk about it all the time. I hated a rangefinder system, but I'll tell you what, man, it is so freaking fast. It's for me personally, it's, it's the fastest way, and I love my Leica M5 way better than I love my Leica M6, like a thousand times better. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, um, it's just easier to drive, and I love all the inputs. But so now I'm I have to send off two freaking Leicas. I have a Zeiss Icon ZM rangefinder crazy beautiful rangefinder super hard to find uh i gotta send that off for repair Ugh. dude my nikon fm3a <laughs> that's gotta go off for repair Caput. what's going on man uh, i've got the curse of the cameras over here but yeah uh, at least i'll be down to that like m5 the one i was not gonna shoot because it's like a shelf queen it's like the nice one that i was gonna hopefully just when i run the black m5 into the ground i'd start shooting that one but I'm already into that, dude. CLAs on Leica, and it's funny, depending on who you talk to, like, I, I saw in one forum, uh, this one dude was, like, really belligerent about it. He was like, yeah, all these noobs keep saying I got a, um, you know, CLA my Leica. You guys are crazy. They don't need it, but every 10 years. Uh, dude, I'm one year into both of these cameras, and both of them have been CLA'd before I bought them, so... But I'm shooting the shit out of it. Like, the M6, I, sh I think I shot over 100 rolls through that one, and it was done. Uh, it started leaving like a black line in the middle of the exposure at a mm. thousandth of a shutter speed. Uh, I know that feel. That's yeah. a bad feel. And the uh, M5, 
it's not showing the uh, frame lines all the way. And I have to like unseat the lens, reseat it, and then I see it. So it's starting to need some love to, uh, I need to align the patch, but yeah, man, they are like, they're so tightly built. I can see why they would need to be CLA regularly, you know, and I'm taking them in the freaking desert. I live in the desert, you know, so I'm shooting in like terrible conditions. Like, and I don't even, I don't, I don't really take care of them. And that's why I bought a Leica because I wanted something I didn't have to baby, you know, and I just beat the hell out of them. But <laughs> it's going to be expensive if I have to CLA one every year though. Holy crap, dude. But I think that's worth it. It is. It's an absolute joy to shoot. I don't think I shoot better, but I shoot more inspired and I'm happier. Like I'll randomly grab one of my Nikons and I'm like, man, this is so labor intensive and just uninspiring. It feels like shit in your hand. The controls are real finicky and they're like, they're not the click on them. Even like the most intricate things, like I'm super into my photography right now. And I, I love every bit of the experience and I don't want something to take away from it. You know? Mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of likened to driving a classic car. Like, yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's way nicer. And yes, they do just stop. Yeah. But it's repairing and getting back on the road for sure. Yeah, and cause... I know where all the controls are, you know, it's like where you know where all the stuff is and you're comfortable mm-hmm. with where it's at. It doesn't make you reach for anything crazy. But yeah, that's that's my uh like a pity story. So, <laughs> like, this douchebag's like whining about his Leicas, but I got in cheap before like they took off, so I'm not mad about it, dude. Don't. I not found steals on them. Where, like I was like, "Are you sure you want to sell it to me for that?" They're like, "Yeah, I need money." Because during COVID, people just needed money, oh, right? They were selling yeah. on the marketplace, and I would see one go up for a ridiculous price. I was like, "Hey, dude, are you sure?" Um, and he's like, "Yeah, shipping included." I'm like, "Nah, dude, I'll pay for shipping." You know, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you're hurt, and I'm not gonna like you're not gonna lose more money. Mm-hmm. Right? So, but yeah, during COVID, I picked up a couple. I I I let two go. Because I saw that I, that option though, yeah. Yeah, like I saw them and thought it's still eight hundred, like thousand dollars. Right. It looks in great shape and I think maybe I pondered for thirty minutes. Hey, is it still available? No, three other people are interested in like ah What? Dang. Yeah, there was one that was a it was an M three with a like a late sixties summicron or something like that at one of the earlier fast 35s for $900 and it was pretty close to me and I was like why did I just why did I hesitate I mean there are many reasons why I hesitated but after I was like ah oh, damn Dude, if that ever happens again, that was a really really good deal contact uh, me I will uh, yeah I'll yeah, give you a finder's fee for that well if you want if you fancy your drive to Sacramento I'm sure the guy I'm sure there's someone selling one again. That, that seems to be where all the listings come from. No idea why, but Sacktown, that's the Leica place to <laughs> Not San Francisco. Right. Sacktown representing Leica, the red dot nation. Yeah, like you see a Leica everywhere you go. Hey, it's a state uh, capital for a reason. Yeah, that's true. Mm. It's the capital for Leica as well. <laughs> I, I dig it. Um, yeah. So what else? I've been getting into like i don't want to say getting into but like i want a way to sell my work that i'm comfortable with and as we talked about before i don't really want to sell prints i don't want to get in that business i don't care about any of that i work at uh, a large technology company that probably everyone's done business with hopefully once or they they definitely know the name and like you know we're all about like innovation and forward looking and i I wanted to dabble in it, so I dabbled in NFTs, and I know that's like a, a hot topic right now, and a lot of people were crapping on it, but it seemed like the best way, and we could talk about NFTs more, it seemed like the best way for me to allow people to support me in my work, right? Because when you buy a print from somebody or an NFT, it's a person who you respect or their work you respect, right? And you're helping that artist out. And there's multiple ways to do that. And NFTs are just a new way to do that. And for a lot of people, it's hard to understand because it is is still in its infancy and it's complicated. They haven't put like the Apple effect on it where you can just hand somebody an iPhone and they'll figure it out, right? It's more droid or even more low level than that. Um, so NFT, right out of the gate, is non-fungible, uh, fungible token, right? So it is a digital representation, a social security number, uh, a tax ID number for that one uh, 
whatever it is. It can be, uh, of course, an image, and that's what that's what mine are. And it's and you and you can specify when you create them. Is this one of one or one of X? And X can be whatever two fifty five thousand, right? You can have a series. What also is cool is you can set a um, like not a commission, but every time it's resold, you can say, I want 10%, 20% or 30%. So you get like a perpetual copyright. So you as the artist, even if that thing's resold 10 years from now on the sale, it automatically will pay you X, whatever percent you set it at when you sold it. And like, so the implications for music musicians, that's, that's huge. Uh, any type of copyrighted material, right? Or material that um, even photos, you, you as the artist continue to benefit from it. And and it's crazy too. Like, I think this, there's an NFT artist named Beeple, and he like he is a graphic designer. He does digital art, obviously NFT. He sold a piece for sixty nine million dollars. Sixty nine million dollars at NFT. This is just an electronic representation of that image. It is. Essentially, uh, an image on the internet that you can right-click and save as and download to your computer. But what makes it unique is that it's one of one. There's a social security number for it. It's on a blockchain, which is like a transparent, publicly accessible ledger, right? So there's only one of one, and there's a huge demand for it. Like people are buying this this artist Beeple, his stuff. They'll buy it for $150,000, and three days later, auction it and get $450,000. And I'm not saying that. In any way, shape, or form, will my art do any of that? But if someone likes my photography and they want to like um, support this artist, the best way for them to do that will be to buy NFTs for me. And then hopefully, the, these things are collectible and they are resellable. So when you purchase one of these, you have a right to resell it, right? And if whatever photographer, let's say since we're talking about photographers, just stick with photographers. Mm -hmm. If that photographer starts to get popular or whatever. Um, you resell it and you, you could potentially make something from it. And then that original artist still continues to benefit from his work selling. And a, and a lot of people have issues. I don't know. They don't have issues with prints, but all of a sudden they're like, Oh, you're selling NFTs and then NFTs will go for more money. So let's talk about it to create an NFT. You have to upload whatever your digital artifact is. And then you have to pay what's called a gas fee because it's on a crypto called Ethereum. Ethereum was like Bitcoin or mm -hmm. Dogecoin, but it's um, Dogecoin it going to the sky. Yeah, Dogecoin to the moon, guys. And but essentially, you have to pay to have it minted. They mint that NFT and they put it in the blockchain, right? And that can cost fifty to a hundred dollars just to mint it, right? So like one of my uh, NFTs is an entire one ETH, and you pay in Ethereum. ETH is Ethereum, and you pay in Ethereum and that that's the whole layer that they're going to have to get over. They're going to have to like make the adoption easier because mm -hmm. people are, you know, most of the people who are, are, are already like casting shade on me about an NFT, they're old. Uh, they don't understand technology. And this technology is hard to understand even for a person who is young and does understand technology because you have to have like a wallet, right? And you have to put Ethereum in that wallet. And then you have to be able to transfer Ethereum from that wallet to this website. They've attempted to make it as seamless as possible, but the barrier to entry is going to be high mm -hmm. to to pu you know, publish an NFT as well as to purchase one. So if someone loves Mac McDonald's work, really the only way you're going to be able to buy it, I'll maybe put out a book a year, it's going to be through NFTs. But the cool thing is, is that once you have it, that's the only one of those in existence. Like the you saw it on Instagram, you like my work. And you can own that only one of that image. And I know that to most people, that sounds absolutely ridiculous because it's a digital artifact and it's really hard for people to understand. But, you know, the Internet was hard for people to understand. Cellular phones were hard for people to understand. It's cool to have some negative reservations about it if you're listening. But I wouldn't totally discount it because ultimately it's going to make you sound really ignorant. And uh, this is just where it's going. Like society changes. Things are different. Am I saying that this is going to be the primary way that people buy art? Maybe. Look, uh, people sold for $69 million. There's Monet's and Picasso's that sell for exponentially less, and these are tangible real arts. So refuting the validity of NFTs because of the medium they're delivered on and ignorance to the technology behind it doesn't mean it's any less of an important 
art piece to someone and uh, a lot of someone's like uh, it's really taken off. Uh, I invest in crypto and a lot of crypto that runs these types of NFT sites. I mean, they're blowing up as well. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. It's interesting times. What, what do you think? About, yeah, what well, you think? it's it's just another way of representing your work. Uh, the same that someone could be doing a print run. They could do it on a variety of mediums and they would all be a different representation of it. And ultimately, it's what artists in general want to make accessible. There might be someone who you think your stuff would be really great as pencil drawings, but they're like, no, dude, I only do watercolor. It, it, it's that or bust. I mean, maybe that's a little bit more extreme, but like it, it's totally just an ex ex expression thing. And this is how I want my art to be accessed and how I want to, like, I, I guess, distribute it. Yeah, in some ways, because sure. um, it it could be like you say, I only accept U.S. dollars. Is that weird? No. Right. Yeah. It's it's more or less the same as crypto. So I only accept crypto for this specific format. Yeah, and and I don't get to choose that. It, yeah, it's bought on the Ethereum blockchain, so I didn't I didn't choose. Hey, let's do Ethereum because it's really difficult. I would have preferred fiat U.S. dollars, but um, no, it's Ethereum, and I, I really hate Ethereum as a crypto. I think it's overpriced and it's ridiculous, but that's just that's just what it it trades on now. Mm -hmm. And then some people will be like, "Well, I can just I can just have a digital copy of that image." Listen, here's the way to think about that: only one person can own the real Mona Lisa, but billions of people can own prints or posters of the Mona Lisa, right? So the, the mm -hmm. same thing applies to this NFT. When you mint that thing, it permanently stores it in the blockchain for perpetuity like the, a blockchain is not going away it's decentralized what does that mean the internet right now runs on servers in some room somewhere right and someone can go and like disable that of course they can you know have virtual networks all around i'm oversimplifying but a blockchain runs on some dude's computer in his closet in thailand and you know somewhere in china somewhere in australia you'll never completely shut that down it's a it's a global internet mm -hmm. anyway um and you always have access to that digital artifact but also it's an investment too because you can resell this there are multiple auction sites right now uh open is one rareable is another one and you can find artists work on there and bid on it make offers on it and then purchase it and it really is the way things are going the nfl just uh they're pursuing a way to make digital like cards and collectibles. So major organizations are already jumping into this. Nike implemented an NFT so you can ensure the authenticity of your shoes. So each um, Nike, a certain brand of Nikes sold, you get an NFT with it and then you can match it up with the blockchain and make sure you have authentic apparel. So NFT has like really unlimited possibilities and it's not just digital art. It's also music, movies, uh, songs, of course, physical goods. Like you can buy an NFT for gloves, and they'll send you a pair of gloves. So, it's a, a emerging new technology. And I don't want to. I don't want to freaking print prints. You can't resell somebody's print, right? Like, and some people are like, "Oh, well, your prices are ridiculous. You'll never sell one." You know what? I've never sold a print. So if I never sell an NFT, I'll break even, I guess. Worst case scenario, I'll give these. I'll start giving away some of these to my friends. Like Jack, I'm gonna mint an NFT tonight. That's one ETH. That's it. $1,800 probably right now. And I'm going to gift that to you when this thing's over. And then you're going to have it. And then you can do what you want with it. I would say put it on an auction site and see if you could sell it. And if you get it for free, th then what's another thing that's cool about NFTs is you can always see the history of who bought it before you and what they bought that's, it for. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, so you can you have a, a public trail of ownership. Granted, it's a username or something like that. It doesn't have to be Michael McDonald. Of course, you can put your name on there, but there is a ledger of the event when it changes hands and the price that it changed hands. And some of this art, dude, you can just see. There is. It's hard for people probably on this podcast to understand how big it is, but like people are buying the most random crap in NFTs. It is an absolute madness sweeping through uh i mean globally nfts are out of control man people are buying like stupid gifts for eight thousand and then turn around and putting them on another site and sell it for sixteen thousand. and there is a real market out there 
yeah, I'm just just looking now. Uh, it looks like Nyan Cap has been sold as an NFT. Yeah. Oh, oh that's amazing. Jack Dorsey's first tweet. Yeah, he sold that as an NFT. So just somebody owns my Twitter. Nice. the founder of Twitter's first tweet. So, I mean, like, you put aside the listeners at home, put aside any, like, resistance you have to this in your brain and just think about that. Somebody has a serialized, verifiable first tweet from the creator of Twitter, and you may be like, who cares about that? That thing sold for millions of dollars. Somebody well, can we also, I mean, can we also just have a shout out? Lindsay Lohan has uh, made a sale. Yeah. Jake Paul, he was blowing it up selling NFTs. Um, All I'm saying is, people listening, you should look into NFTs, and they, you can make it as cheap as you want. If you just want to cover the gas fees to, to mint that NFT, do that uh, and, yeah. and gift it to your friends um, and spread the word. And then your friends have something tangible. Uh, or give it to your family. Like, like I said, I'll give some to my kids, and they'll just have them. And what does that mean? They'll have a digital representation of their dad's work when he shot film. And what I love about NFTs with film is, think about how crazy this is, Jack. This is the ultimate hipster move right here. It you know, definitely I'm there, is. I'm just thinking I'm about this. I'm drinking my freaking pale ale from some um, <laughs> two-case-per-week uh, brewery, and I'm – Snapping it on my Leica all manual. I come home, I develop it myself, I scan it myself, I edit it. This is all analog to digital, and then I put it into an NFT. This feels a little bit close to home. I'm just going to say that right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think the people listening who are like, print your work, uh, I know their minds are just like melting like a candle with 30 wicks in it. You know, they're just like, oh my God, he, <laughs> he's not even printing, he's scanning it, and then he's skipping to printing, and then he's going to this. have an opinion. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, you got them non-fungible tokens or whatever that guy said. Oh, man. Fungible. I want he, tangible. He's running analog into the ground. That son of a biscuit. Yeah. Um, you know, that's totally cool, though. Like, Microsoft, when the internet was blowing up, they were like, this old web browser thing, all that, that's, that's not going to pan out. It's setting them back for 10 years. You know, they were the market leader. They slept on the internet, and that happened. I'm not saying this is the freaking internet, but I am saying... This is a photography show. We're talking about photography. This is a good option for you, you know? I've yep. got a lot to think about. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a fun experience to mint one, too, and know you've created something one of a kind that's stored globally in a public ledger and that someone can buy it, and then they can resell it. And it's so rad that you can get a, uh, you know, a certain percentage of every sale forever. That's crazy, man. Well, that was a hell of a 101 on NFTs. It's really so complicated. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, just... yeah, no kidding. Hold on, let's see. Yeah, so I, I just hope that people look into it, don't dismiss it totally. At least go through the process of creating one. Just uh, have fun with it. Don't be so dismissive. Don't always think print your work. Uh, you're scanning it into a digital medium. What else can you do with it while it's digital? Of course you can print it. Of course you can. Everybody has everybody's shitty prints that they look at once and be like, this is cool, and then they never see it again. Or you can have a one, one of a kind, you know? At least try it once. Uh, okay, rant done. You know, the, <laughs> there's just so much, like, weirdness around NFTs, especially with the analog. I guess as well, because it's such a new thing, and with blockchain not being... I'm just gonna say, it's not accessible right it's now. Not, it's if, not. if you explain it to most folks don't think yes but what it's complicated like, you're, it really you're saying computers are linked is like yes but no but uh, yeah you're right but you're also not there right but we can't go into that now because there's all these other kind of it's, levels it's really complicated like, like i said i'm in technology every day and um, we build technology where i'm at and i oversee the building of that technology and guess what this stuff's really complicated to me too, man. Like to figure out how to connect my MetaMask wallet, I was like, this is so freaking hard. How do like normal people do this? You know, it's complicated. Yeah. The barrier to entry is really high. So if it melts your face off, got it. Uh, just know it's a thing. And you can look into at least buying one, an NFT cheap from uh, one of your film peeps. I don't know how many do it, but hopefully that's something that catches on. And while talking about trends too, new trends, like we talked briefly about TikTok last time. Dude, that's a great way to uh, spread your work as well. Like, uh, 
it's all it's all, all evolving. Everybody thinks it's just kids dancing to music on TikTok, but it's not. Like we were talking about a pre-show, Jack. Like, man, it's a great way to have a really concise chunk of your work represented. Super easy. Like you can create a video, just slap some pictures up there, pick a song, and it'll do most of the work for you. And there's not a lot of uh, film photographers on there, so I think the market's like definitely ripe for more f- f- uh, film photographers. I think old camera guy, he's on there, and that's a dude like 15 years older than me, and he's crushing it. I love his uh, uh, D- D- Dave is great. Yeah, God, I have a lot of time for Dave. I really respect them for being so forward-looking and creating a TikTok because a lot of people, yet again, I, I don't know if it's laziness or just hate, but they're like, oh, TikTok's for kids. That's if you're targeting kids, right? There are people who want to consume content in new ways, and TikTok is a really awesome way to be entertained with the content that you love, whatever the content is. It doesn't have to be film photography. It can be mm-hmm. sewing, knitting, you know, whatever it is. Uh, There's going to be a TikTok channel. And their algorithm's so good. So after you watch like 10 minutes of it, they'll have it pretty much nailed what you like. And then you'll have really something really cool to watch on a little break instead of going on, on Facebook and getting upset or, you know, Facebook. Instagram uh-huh. and, and seeing, oh God, get harassed about OnlyFans or some other stuff. So that's, <laughs> right? It's like everywhere you turn now, um, they're starting to like, stockpile some initiative and TikTok is I think it's so young right now it, it behoove a lot of people if they're there's if they're scared to like create YouTube videos I definitely would suggest create a TikTok pick like 10 images you like and then just uh throw them on TikTok pick a song and create your first video it's scary easy yeah because I must admit up until this week uh TikTok to me for me was uh, flossing um, that, that, that's, that's all I could think of was yeah. that was that last year? year I, I don't know. Time ago. What, what, what is twenty twenty one? Yeah, yeah. What is it? Um, but yeah, a whole bunch of my colleagues were like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm on there. Me too. Oh, I'm me." I'm like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, so, wait a minute. Okay, so you know, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's something here. So I, I must confess, I'm becoming more of a convert. Yeah. As I sit here, I haven't downloaded it yet, but things have kind of eased off here um we're in a good place now so i've got some free time we finished all our DIY stuff so there's not actually anything that needs to be done so it means there's a lot of tiktok potential time <laughs> yeah, dude. and yeah i don't even see any of that dance and stuff or lip syncing stuff because like i said once you start liking certain videos it realizes hey this person likes film photography i'll only show them that stuff Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm got a good feed going now of some really, and it's just a a quick way to get a a hit of inspiration too. Like I can watch my feed of film photographers on there. It's like 15 or 30 second, maybe a minute video of some good stuff, and then it inspires me. Like when we were doing all these road trips, we would just like sit around on breaks, watch TikTok. I'm like, oh, well, let's try that. Let's try that. You know, like I wouldn't have even done that if I'd have been on any other platform. <laughs> On that note, so you said trips. Um, what you mentioned in the pre-show that you had some stuff planned this weekend. What 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 was it you were hoping to do, just on a whim? Because I'm I'm very jealous of your gusto and everything that comes along with that. To be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna go to Kansas City. Why not? I'm yeah. gonna go. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, uh, man. So. Like I said earlier, I think people here travel so much and they think I must be rich or something like that. And I'm not. I mean, I'm well compensated for my job, but I'm, I have like student loans and bills and kids in college. So I'm not like ball or anything. But I live in a really cool place that makes it easy to go to great places. Like, so you were talking about, you know, maybe your, your trips you were having. I think I'm going to go to Palm Springs this weekend. And what's cool is Palm Springs is only like four hours away from me. So, see, so you don't have to fly everywhere. You can just hop in the car, drive over. Get an Airbnb, cheap hotel. Yeah, real so I'm still trying to get used to the fact that to me, Phoenix is like, oh, it's in Arizona. That's a separate state. But then when I look at it on a map, I'm like, even though I'm in California, you're way closer to everything down there than I am. Right. Joshua Tree is four hours. Yeah, yeah. Like for me, what is it? I think eight, nine, if right. I was to drive straight there. I mean, I could go now. I just don't, don't really feel like yeah. it, to be yeah. honest. I mean, think I can be in San Diego in five and a half hours, and I mean, that's you not... live in California, and you're longer drive than that, yeah. God, what is it like nine? Maybe nine exactly. or ten. Exactly. 
Yeah, and what's cool is I could drive north to like Monument Valley, Moab, the Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon's like three hours. Moab's five hours. Monument Valley's five hours. Horseshoe Bend and Page is like five hours. So, so everything's a short drive for me. So I'm just, I don't, I don't want to say I'm lucky because I chose to come back to Phoenix for that exact reason, right? Um, like I said earlier, everybody, wherever they live, man, if you ride an hour, two hours, you're gonna find some cool stuff. Just like, I mean, also just to backtrack a bit for our European listeners, yes, five hours is a short trip. Like <laughs> that, yes. that is short. Because if you told anyone in the UK five hour trip, they're thinking, nope, nope, I'm staying. <laughs> yeah. oh, dude, some of my trips I've driven twenty five hours. You know, yeah. I'll drive though because I, I like seeing all the country along the way, and I'm a film dude, so I'm just gonna snap it all. You know, you see a gas station. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, especially from the southwest headed east where I go to Arizona, New Mexico, Texas. It's all these desert towns, Yo. open place. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm just I'm super fortunate to live here. But I'll burn some film this weekend. I had some film ordered from the Find Lab. And my mail lady here constantly sends back my mail saying unknown recipient. It's it's me, but and God, man, so, so I was going to use it for this weekend because I bought some Pro Image 100, you know, I'm shooting in the desert a lot. Pro Image 100 loves this desert light, but also FP4 week is coming up. Go on Twitter and look for it in April. And I was going to like practice with a few rolls of F, yeah, F4P, and uh, now I have to figure out where else to buy it, but. That's coming up on Twitter. I'm definitely going to participate in that. Ilford F4P. Uh, I'm so pumped about that. Because I, I really love that film. It's uh, really soft and graceful. I've shot, I, But it's been a long time since I've shot FP4. And yeah, God, I can't remember the last time I did it. It must have been like five years ago or something. Because I, I just kind of stuck with HP5. Yeah, I was saying F4P. <laughs> uh, yeah, FP4. Yeah. HP5 is what I shoot when I shoot black and white or... Uh, yeah, pretty much that's it. But I'm excited about that. I'm not excited that the mail got shipped back. So I already hit up the final lab, and I was like, dude, the package is coming back to you. They're returning it. But uh, a Tempe camera is close by. I can just go buy some film there and knock it out. But, yeah, so I'm going to shoot that in the desert some. Uh, some color images, knock it out. What about you? Anything in this weekend? Oh, God, I wish. <laughs> I really wish. That sounds really exciting. Um, I think we're going to go up to San Francisco for the first time in a year um, and just take a walk around. We're probably going to go to the sunset and just walk into town, yeah, um, see what's what's up there, because I, I have no idea what the city's like at the moment. Mm -hmm. I know places are open for takeout. There's a few coffee places that we might hit up, uh, but... I think we just need to get some walking in. We spent so long not doing anything, and there's a few people locally to me who have like been up to the city a few times, literally just to be there and exist there. And it sounds pretty appealing right now, especially as we, like, as of last weekend, we finished all our major DIY projects. So there's absolutely no draw to, or like we're waking up not thinking, great, we've got two days of whatever AC unit or. Roofing right. or something, something really boring but important, and it's now like, sweet, we have time. We can just do the things. So we're probably going to do that on Saturday, and I'm just excited to take pictures in the city for the first time in honestly two years. I didn't take a camera before, yeah. So it's going to be yeah, going to be cool checking out San Francisco again. Yeah, dude, it's such a beautiful city. There's like so many like opportunities there. Or photography for sure. I mm -hmm. love that place so much. Yeah, man. Uh, let's see. What else? That NFT stuff, though, man. I'm telling you. Uh, I, I just want to sell one NFT uh, just, just to see what the experience is like, to see how it all processes. Because I've always, I've done up until that point. But like I said, I'm going to gift you one in the next 20 Oh, dude. Months. What? I didn't catch that earlier. That's so kind. Yeah. Uh, pick one off my Instagram. All right. Yeah. NFT time. You're going to own it in NFT. Because I want to see what that experience life is, like is to the gift. So I, I need to experience a sale and a gift just so I get more comfortable with it because I can't like speak confidently about it if I haven't done the full loop, you know? So I want to see what it's like to gift one and I want to see what it's like to, to sell one. We'll, we'll see. Um, open C, like I said, O P E N S E A dot com is where a lot of 
that stuff sold and you can find tons of artists there i think it's open season let me just double check opensea.io not .com yeah got it yeah and there's tons in there and then in, Sweet. you can go search for oh man yeah anything i mean it's so much like if you'll look at like activity or rankings some stuff like so you'll go to rankings all there's this one <laughs> uh artist named cryptopunks They've sold in seven days 11.6 thousand ETH worth of art. And that's a lot of money because ETH is like $1,800 per. And they sold 11.6 thousand. Jeez. That's a lot of money going through there, man. Damn, that is, that is cash dollar. Yeah, cash dollar. There you go. <laughs> I like that, Jack. <laughs> oh, gee. It's been a while since I said that. <laughs> oh. well, cool, nice. it's been it's been great catching up with you again uh, really nice to chat with you again it's, it's, uh, i got beers to drink man and uh, memes to post on instagram uh oh you, you got things to do gee all right <laughs> <laughs> no 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 uh my girl like texted me and she's like hey i'm coming home and i'm like uh, i'm set up on a podcast in a living room you don't want to do that right now the joys of work from home life, you know? Oh, it's not that bad. Just close the door. If, if you have a door. I'm <laughs> set up in the living room right now because I'm redoing the office. Oh, so. shoot. Of course, of course. Yeah, it is de definitely a temporary temporary arrangement. Yeah. I, get that. I did that for a while in our place in London. And yeah, you can't escape. <laughs> no but, yeah, when you get off work, you're still at home. You know, it's so weird. Yep, you can't even transition from the good screen. Sorry, from the bad screen to the good screen. You just transition from the screen to the same screen. Yeah. Oh, surrounded no. by screens, and you can look at more screens by buying NFTs. <laughs> yeah, nice little segue. I approve. <laughs> if you're in a screen deficit, you can just stare at your digital photo that you bought. Alternatively, introducing the window. Things move, no power for window. That's right. Amazing. Power yes <laughs> so jack where can they find your work you can find me on instagram at jack.wallen wait jack.w.allen that's that's my instagram God, handle you probably, probably know this time and that's basically the only place i exist right now what about you mac man so tiktok mac shoots film youtube uh, I haven't put out a video in a minute. I have two that are saved. I just have to schedule them. YouTube, Max Shoots Film. Instagram, Max Shoots Film. Uh, yeah, that's it. Pretty Sweet. much. And on the Mac and Jack podcast. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> well, man, it's been good talking to you. Yeah, it's been great chatting with you, too. Have a good week, and we'll be back soon. See ya. Bye.